0: as I begin this morning, I want to uh, share with you a story from uh, a long, long time ago when I was a teenager, which was a long time ago. And uh, I had a uh, friend over. He was spending the night. And uh, my little sister had a crush on this guy. And so uh, she was wanting to have a part of fixing breakfast that morning and she fixed the bacon and we brought she brought the bacon out and we all looked at it and it was burned and uh, everybody was always awkward moments where everybody looks at it and uh, she's so uh, upset because the bacon's not the way it should be and My dad says, oh, no, 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 it's charcolated. I love charcolated bacon. That's the way I really like bacon is charcolated. And so we all sat there and we ate charcolated bacon that morning. And then the thing is, my little sister discovered something that her father loved. And so guess who insisted on fixing the bacon every morning? because she knew how daddy liked it and so we i don't know how many mornings we had to eat charcolated bacon before my mom said joe you're gonna have to tell her that you don't like burnt bacon he hated to do it because the reason why he said that was he was wanting to make her feel better But he didn't tell the truth, and it wound up making everybody miserable. Well, we were so happy whenever he finally told her, and we could go back to having good, nice, crisp bacon again. But the thing is, whenever you love someone, you want to please them, don't you? And she loved her daddy, and she wanted to please her daddy. Now he gave her misinformation as to how to please him because and, and th- in his, his giving her misinformation was because he really loved her. He was trying to spare her any pain, but because he didn't tell the truth, he caused a whole bunch of people a lot of pain. I mean, seeing good bacon ruined is just very painful. And so uh, the thing is, we have here in this these stories that we've been reading, we have something that Jesus has revealed to us in these three parables. And it's what brings joy to our heavenly father. It says, first of all, uh, in uh, verse, uh, on the, at the end of the story of the uh, lost sheep, I tell you that in the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. And then at the end of the story of the lost coin, he says, in the same way, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And then we see at the end of the story of the prodigal son, the parable of the prodigal son, they're having a feast and the father tells the elder brother, but we had to celebrate and rejoice. We had to celebrate and rejoice for this brother of yours was dead and has begun to live and was lost, and has been found. Notice he keeps saying, I tell you. He does that in the first two. I tell you. And you remember who he's talking to? He's talking to the Pharisees and the scribes who were grumbling because he ate with tax collectors and sinners. When Jesus came on the scene, he began his ministry by saying, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. And there were people that heard that. And you know who responded to it the most joyfully? The tax collectors and sinners. And they gathered around him. And they it says in Mark, and they followed him. He associated with them and they followed him. He was bringing them into the kingdom. They weren't people like him. They weren't people like the uh, scribes and the Pharisees who thought that they had it all together. They were those that knew that they were separated from God and they felt helpless and hopeless Because there were other people that kept pushing them away and saying, You're no good. We don't associate with you. And whenever they heard the good news that they could come into the kingdom, they came. My, my, my. Let's fast forward about 2,000 years and let's look at the world around us today. It's still filled (laughs) with tax collectors, uh, but it's also filled with a whole lot of sinners. If you don't believe that, read the newspaper. You know, uh, in our daily world, let's face it, we find joy when things go God's way. If you stop and think about it, the closer things in our life are, to the way that we know God would have them be, the more at peace we are and the more comfortable we are and the more joy we have in this world. I don't know if, you ever, if, you ever, if you've ever noticed this. Well, look at it. Let's just go on and look at it. Because uh, if you look at the ways and trends in our country at this time, And look at the divisiveness on so many levels and the evil actions perpetrated uh, by even people that are supposed to be trusted professionals, such as teachers and ministers being found praying sexually on children. And uh, uh, my goodness, and those that are vulnerable almost daily. We read in the paper of some child telling an adult that their parents won't wake up. And then it's found that the parents are dead from an overdose. I saw that twice in a paper a couple of weeks ago. Two different children telling their, some adult that their parents wouldn't wake up. And whenever the adults investigated, they found that the parents were dead. And then, of course, there are the daily reports of child abuse, of kidnapping, of home invasions. Missouri City, just about three days ago, three people were shot in a home invasion, not far from us. You hear of innocents being uh, shot in the crossfire of gunfights uh, in, in parking lots and in yards. You know, I went the other evening to pick up a couple of tacos for Sharon and for me. We have a, a jack-in-the-box that we like the tacos from there. And uh, I pulled up to the window, and uh, finally somebody came over. as a young lady that had worked, uh, that waited on me a lot. She said, I'm so sorry. we uh, We can't take any orders right now because we just got robbed, and we're just kind of sorting things out with the police right now. So I went on over to uh, Taco Bell. I figured they'd have tacos. It was just a block away. So I went over to Taco Bell to get a couple of tacos. And I warned the uh, guy at the window that uh, that the uh, Jack in the Box, a block away, had just been robbed. And he, he said, Oh, no, no, no. That was another Taco Bell that's nearby. We've been told about that. And uh, I said, No, 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 no. I'm, I'm talking about the jack of the box, you know, right over there. People that robbed them still right around here, apparently. And so finally he understood that uh, he needed to double up on his security and all and be vigilant because uh, robberies were going on. This is just something in our lives today. There are those that are not living according to God's will. Let's face it. There are sinners in this world and this world has a lot of bad stuff going on. And whenever we look at it, it makes us uneasy. Now think about it. When people are considerate of each other, when people are kind to each other, when people uh, look out for one another, when people help each other, Don't you feel better and safer whenever you hear about those sorts of things than when you hear about the other things? You see, really deep down within us, we have been given a vision. And when things don't line up with that vision of what our home should be like, we're uneasy. You remember Jesus, uh, right before he left, he said, uh, don't let your hearts be troubled, neither be afraid. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it weren't so, would I have told you I'd go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, take you to myself. I like the fact that we have a room. You just stop and think about it. Whenever uh, you are uh, at home, the place that you're most at home is in your room. Now, you can travel all over the world. You can have hotel rooms. You can uh, stay different places. You can stay with friends. But the place where your home is, is where your room is, isn't it? And yet, even here where we have our home and we have our room, we still sense we're not really home yet because we're not. We're not totally home yet. Our home is where our room is, and Jesus has gone, and he's prepared a room for us. We're not home yet, but we step into God's kingdom, and we start heading home in this world. It's not something that we have to wait for. And so when he said that the kingdom of God is at hand and those sinners responded and they entered joyfully into the kingdom, they were in a different world. All of a sudden they were home, even though they knew there was a home waiting for them. And that's the way it is whenever we Finally, repent and come to him. And whenever we repent and turn from being a part of the problem like we were just talking about here and start being a part of the solution, whenever all of a sudden the Lord's prayer becomes real to us, whenever we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When we start living out of that, there's joy in heaven because one of his children has come home. Now, the tax not the tax collectors, but the Pharisees and the scribes were religious people, but they were keeping people from coming home. And we need to check ourselves today because there are many, many people that are very, very sincere about their religion, that are keeping people out of the kingdom of God. It's so sad. They do it several different ways. First of all, you remember Jesus' message began, repent. Instead of doing that, they're wanting to do like my dad did with my little sister and tell people what's going to make them feel good right now. And so they'll say, oh, no, no, that's not a sin. You know, sin doesn't matter anymore. You know, and, and those things, anyway, they'll they'll say, you know, you don't need to worry about that. It's just that God loves you. But the thing is, it says that there is joy in heaven when a sinner repents. And if you're telling them that there's no need to repent, then you're keeping them out of the kingdom of God. I'm afraid that uh, there are a lot of Methodists that have bought into that. And it's really, really sad. And it's what's brought us to this place where this, there's this tremendous division in our denomination. And we're getting ready to split because of it. Because there are those people that think that words like salvation, uh, repentance, uh, uh, eternal life, that these words mean something. And the thing is, remember, Jesus was telling us what brought joy to God. What brings joy to God? What brings joy to our heavenly father? What pleases him is when we repent and enter into the kingdom and when those that we love repent and enter into the kingdom. There's joy in heaven and it's not, first of all, notice it's not, it doesn't say that the angels rejoice. It says there's rejoicing in the presence or there's joy in the presence of the angels, that there's joy in heaven and that joy begins with God. It begins with our heavenly father. And what we need to do today is just examine ourselves and make sure that we are listening to the right person and not listening to the wrong people. Because the scribes and the Pharisees, like I said, they were very sincere, but they were listening to each other. It says other places, he accuses them of measuring themselves by themselves, instead of by the word of God. And whenever he was asked what the uh, most important law was what the most important rule was that they should follow. You remember what he told them? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. And then he said, in the second one was likened to it you'll love your neighbor as yourself. So If you're doing that, if you're loving God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength, you are going to want to be saved. You're going to want to be in his kingdom. And you are going to want those close to you to be there too. I can remember James Dobson talking about the time y'all... Most of y'all are too young to remember Pistol Pete Maravich. Let's see. If you ever heard the name and know who Pistol Pete Maravich is, raise your hand. About, Oh, wow. Okay. I didn't know y'all were that old. Uh, anyway, Pistol Pete Maravich was a great basketball player, and he was a friend of uh, James Dobson's. He was a great Christian guy, but he died unexpectedly. And Ryan, it seemed to really trouble his son, Ryan, who got to shoot hoops with Pistol Pete Maravich sometime. And uh, James Dobson and Ryan were out shooting basketball one day after this, and the time was right. And he said, Ryan, I want you to know that one of these days, I'm not going to be around anymore. But whenever that happens, just like with Pete, I want you to know, don't worry about me. I'll be fine because I will be with my heavenly father and I will be okay. But there's one thing I want you to promise me, and that is that you will be there. Promise me that you will be there. That is a conversation that each one of us needs to have with our kids. In today's society, in today's language, people are one. I mean, in to today's world, we're wondering why kids aren't coming to church, why whenever they graduate from high school, they don't attend anymore, why we're losing. Listen to the language in your home. Do you ever talk about the fact that people are lost, Do you use the word salvation ever? Do those words, do religious words connected with God's holy word, are those used regularly in your household? That's the way it begins, is talking about the things of God in your household. That's where it begins. And you're not going to talk about the things that aren't important to you. And so if you're not talking about uh lostness, salvation, eternal life, if those th- and sin, repentance, if those words aren't discussed in your household, your kids are going to think they're not important. And your kids are going to grow up not having the language that brings salvation. And so, you need to make sure that first of all, your language and your actions are something that conveys, no, we don't do this because we want to please the Lord. Do you even talk about pleasing the Lord in your household? Does that enter into your decision-making? Does it enter into, and do you discuss it uh, in your decisions in front of your children about whether this is pleasing to God or not? All of those things Need to be lifted up, and it begins in our homes. And these things have been lost from many Methodist homes, from many Baptist homes, from many Pentecostal homes. And people wonder why people are drifting away from the church. It's because the salt has lost its savor. And what did Jesus say? If the salt loses its savor, wherewith will it be salted? So we know what brings our Heavenly Father joy, people entering into the kingdom. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we bow before you at this time, we pray that you will just help us to quit listening to those that uh, want to keep us from your kingdom and that instead we'll listen to you And then we'll listen to your word, Lord, for it's whenever we love someone, it's so important that we listen to them and then do those things that we know will please them. And so, Lord, we pray that you'll help us to see the ways that we can please you from your word. And then we pray, Lord, that you'll help us to invite others into your kingdom. So, Lord, we just pray that you'll help us to bring joy to you and joy to heaven. In Jesus' name, amen.